and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL podcast. I am your host, Alex Jensen. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen on Twitter. With me as usual, I have Zach Dietz at NFL underscore Dietz on Twitter. And today we are going to be doing a quick recap of last week's betting lines, uh, kind of doing just the overall final scores for how we did. Maybe recap in one game where a certain host or a certain guest of mine might have uh, might have one up me a little bit there, power played, and then kind of doing our locks. So, uh, Zach, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, just riding high off my uh, correct Houston Texans prediction from last week, but I'm I'm sure we'll get into that. Could have got some money off me on that one. I just realized I referred to you as my guest, by the way, co-host Zach Dietz is what I meant to say there. My bad on that. So last week, our first locks coming in did not start off well for the betting lines. We, we both missed. We both missed on our locks. I locked up the Packers with uh, the Saints favored by 2.5. I, I felt super confident on that one. Didn't, did not go close to as planned. It was, it was a bad look for me right there. Who'd you have? I had a Washington football team plus one against the Chargers. It was a game like I, I felt pretty good about Alex. Like, you know, I love Justin Herbert. I'm huge on the Chargers this year. Uh, I really, I think, you know, LA could be a playoff team. But uh, I don't know. I just felt like you know, week one, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, that defense like get off to a slow start. It's the Chargers. Like they could always fumble the bag. Taking plus one Washington. I mean, it was basically. Just a pick em game, but uh, they look good. Look good. Brandon Staley, he has a bright future in the NFL. I think so, too. And it's it's tough to account for the quarterback getting injured in these. And Fitzpatrick, I mean, we don't know how long he'll be out for. So that's a big blow. That's a big blow. Heineke looked all right when he came in. But when you're betting, it, that's just a tough break to get when the starting quarterback goes out. That being said, our over-under locks a lot better. I locked up the Seahawks-Colts at 52. I went under on that, locked that up. Success, money, let's go. Praise on me. Uh, Zach, what did you have? Um, A lock that I probably would have been flabbergasted if I did not get right was the Broncos-Giants under uh, 42 and a half. And hit that one. You know, I believe the final score was 27 to 13. So it was close. Uh, we got a little garbage time. Danny Jones rushing touchdown, but... You know, we locked that under up, man. Let's keep it rolling this week. You love to see it. Love to see it. So, before we dive into the final records of this week, I'm going to let you do a little victory lap because I personally called you out when you took the Texans over. What was the line on that one? I believe it was the Jaguars by two and a half visiting the Texans. And I, I would have bet very good money that the Jaguars are going to win by more than three points in that game. I just didn't respect the Texans, and they came out looking amazing. So I'm going to give you a little time to, you know, say the Bills were wrong for letting go of Tyrod or whatever you want to say here. <laughs> but yeah, let's take a quick little victory lap here because I said I would. 
Um, I mean, to be honest, you know what? I'll take my victory lap. You know, I mean, like I said last week, like the thing I feel about the Texans this year is that like this isn't like one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They're one of the oldest teams in the NFL, which means they have a lot of veteran talent, a lot of guys on one to two year deals. Like these are guys like in their late 20s, early mid 30s. Like they're not trying to stick it up and go, oh, in 17. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be busting their ass. David Culley, he's got, you know, made fun of that hire all summer. So, I mean, I'm re- I'm actually genuinely happy for David Culley and that Texans team. They look really good. Um, I'm in no way going to proclaim them as a possible playoff contender. I'm not that crazy. But, you know, props you to them. They put forth. Division. I mean – I mean, you're right. I do think uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis will pick it up, but I feel like the bigger story is how um, utterly atrocious Jacksonville looked. But uh, we'll get to yeah. that later. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Urban refusing to uh, speak to opposing media was uh, an interesting look as his name starts to pop up in the USC talks. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting situation over there right now, and it was kind of coming into it, but. Man, that was that game went differently than I expected. I'll say that. I will say that. That being said, over the course of the week, I came out a little bit ahead in week one. I uh, I went 17-14-1, so I'm in the money. Just three games up, but in the money. You love to see it. Love to see it. Definitely did a bit better on the over-unders than I did on the betting lines. Zach, how'd you, how'd you wind up over here? Um, You know, to be honest with you, I like picking games straight up and these betting lines every year. This is probably the worst week one I ever had. Um, I'm not worried about it, though. I mean, obviously, you know, people like to overreact to week one, and I feel like we're all prone to it. Like, obviously, you see a team like, I don't know, like the Packers just completely crap the bed, and you're like, oh, this team's not making the playoffs. But I I think they'll be okay. It is hard to not overreact, but in totality, I went 12-19-1, so very poor week for me. Uh, It won't happen again. That is my word. So five-point swing for me heading into this week, but I don't know about you. The lines this week were a lot harder for me to pick. It was a lot more of... Hemming yeah. and Han for me, so I don't feel <laughs> nah, I mean, super we, confident. <laughs> there's def, there's definitely a lot of a differenti differentiation between uh you and me. I can see right now, so there's going to be a decent amount of debate. Um, I'm not. I will kind of spoil a little bit. I am a little uneasy about how many away teams I had picked this week, but. Just gonna just gonna roll with it, bro. Gotta trust your gut. It's what it is. You got it. It's the key and, to uh, life. I think more than half of these games, especially when uh, looking at the lines, I thought the lines were just really well placed this week. Where it's yeah. a whole lot of like, oh man, it's tough. Uh, I think more than half the games, I was almost flipping a coin in my head. So I, I can't knock you for picking whoever you picked here. I haven't actually seen who you picked for the most part yet. But uh, we're gonna start it off with uh, with your team. No, away team, the Giants, your team visiting the Washington football team, without Ryan Fitzpatrick. And with uh, Chase Young and that defensive line uh, outside, Montez Sweat looked pretty good, but they weren't quite the bullies against the Chargers that we expected there. It's a bit of an interesting look. How are you feeling coming into uh, week two? Uh, Not good, if I'm being honest. Um, (laughs) Pride myself on being a, um, you know, excited, but 
objective Giants fan, uh, they put no faith in me last week. It just looked like the same old bullshit from last year. You know, the stale play calling, the, you know, just the inability to get a stop on third down. I really struggle with. And I understand Chase Young last week. He, uh, you know, didn't, um, I believe he only got one pressure, and it wasn't even against Rashawn Slater. So that was a hell of a debut from Rashawn Slater, rookie left tackle on the uh, Chargers. But yeah, imagine yeah, if I you mean, had him as OT1 in the class. Yeah. What kind still, of a person would do something like that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. Sewell actually looked pretty good, too, to be honest with you. And he was going yeah. up against nah, nah, the both. No, nah, they both looked excellent. Um, but yeah, in terms of this game, the line is Washington favored by uh, three. I'm going to take Washington here. Uh, I understand Ryan, Fitzpa- Ryan Fitz- Fitzpatrick's not there. I really, that really doesn't bother me that much. You know, I like T- Taylor Heineke enough as a backup that he will not like kill them in a game. Plus, the Giants' offensive line, while it did look pretty good, I believe they only gave up two sacks last week. Andrew Thomas had a very nice game. Uh, the only real concern was that right side. We kind of platoon Nate Solder and Matt Parrott and both of those guys got absolutely uh railroaded but I I have a feeling you know going up against this front with not even Chase Young and Montez Sweat but you know Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot on the road the, the Giants are in trouble and they might uh they might have to make a pretty uh big move soon cough Jason Garrett firing cough but I will take the football team all right, uh, hopefully not to tick there. Concerned for your health after those two coughs. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how long Jason Garrett will be here. Uh, I'd love to see him clap, but uh, I don't know if it's the, the right situation for him with this particular team. I, I also am with you. I'm taking the football team as well in this one. It's just it, – I don't like the offensive line matchup. I really don't, and I don't like how they're utilizing Saquon Barkley too much at this point. And I think that if there's one thing that's for sure, it's when you start to get, you see Daniel Jones get sacked, that's when you get concerned about turnovers, fumbles coming, and they've got some guys who are really good at stripping the ball on that defensive line. It's just a tough matchup, especially visiting with only a three-point line. I, I got to go Washington football team on this, but I think they bounce back strongly here. Uh, that being said, I do think there's a world where it becomes just such a defensive battle that the Giants are able to pull it out if Heineke – can't quite live up to the moment in this situation. Uh, that kind of leads nicely into the over-under. Really, really low line here. 40 and a half. Are you going over-under, Zach? It's so low, I feel like I got to take the over, man. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, both teams kind of gross offenses at the moment. But it's just like, this will have to be like a disgusting disgusting game in my opinion offensively like a truly like nauseating game i i i feel like there's more offensive potential for um you know washington in this situation you know i like terry mclaurin you know they got a pretty solid offensive line and the giants i mean i for as low as i am on that offensive play calling right now i find it hard to believe that we're gonna put up Basically, only seven points. I'm not. I don't really care about that Daniel Jones touchdown, even though they did technically score 13. But you know, if we hang up like 13 points in a loss again, like Jason Garrett, 
I, I mean, I hate to keep ragging on the guy. Really, I, I really don't. But I just catapult him into the sun at that point because I, <laughs> that would that would be horrific. There you go. Zach Dietz calling for the death of Jason Garrett via Tesla launch or some shit. But <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going under on this one. I'm going to be sweating every single second of it tomorrow night. It's just I don't trust the offenses, and I love both defenses. I really do think that for whatever I don't trust about the Giants' offense, I do trust about their defense. And Taylor Heineke getting tossed out there, I just don't know. They have a lot of changes on their offensive line early in the year, not having cohesion is a big deal. I do think the Giants have some good playmakers on their line as well. It's just one of those things where uh, I don't want to let the number being so low dissuade me from how I feel the game's going to go. So I'm going under on that one. We'll see if it looks good or bad. Last week's champions, the Saints, go from their new home for the next couple weeks in, uh, I believe they're in Jacksonville because it was the furthest place for uh, Green Bay fans to get uh, – plane tickets too that they could find which is kind of funny uh they are visiting the carolina panthers who uh were led by superstar quarterback sam Darnold, reborn revamped ready to go i saints minus four is the line visiting the panthers almost essentially as close to home as they were last week who are you taking here zach listen i get there on the road as I said in the introduction, I took a lot of road teams. This is one that I feel like absurdly confident about. I'm going to take the Saints minus four. And, you know, talked about overreactions as well, but they're just a better football team all around. Even like running back is kind of like a wash. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to find an area where um, probably outside of wide receiver skill players, but still. Um, I would take Jameis Winston over Sam Darnold. I definitely think the Saints' defense is better. Sean Payton is a better coach than Matt Rule. And, you know, I just feel like he'll call a game plan. I get it's a divisional game. You know, these games could always get kind of wonky. But it would it would be very, very surprising to see the Saints kind of like lay an egg or at least play a team as poor as Carolina closely after just you know stampeding the green bay packers so i will confidently take new orleans and uh this is gonna be our uh, first disagreement on the betting lines i'm actually gonna take the panthers here and i think that probably seems a little crazy but especially because the line's only four but they're playing at home i think they have a fantastic coach and i i think last week for the saints was just such an emotional i mean they came in they wanted to do something for their city they've got a huge game against green bay who i mean kind of looks like the you know that maybe even the favorites to come out of the uh, nfc coming into the game there's a lot to play for i think it was going to be a big emotions and i think that there might be a downswing to it i don't think we see Jameis winston throw for sub 200 yards and five touchdowns again and I actually think Carolina matches up pretty well with what the Saints want to do. I think that if the Carolina pass rush can get to the quarterback, which I think they can and put pressure on him, I think that between Brian Burns and some of the other members they have on that defensive line, they are going to be able to generate some pressure. I think they have the very athletic linebackers that can hang pretty well with an Alvin Kamara. And 
I like I like the cornerbacks there. I do like the cornerbacks quite a bit there, and I think that that's going to be a huge advantage for Carolina in this game. So I, I just think you're going to see, you know, maybe the downswing of what Jameis is as a quarterback. Maybe uh, Sean Payton gets a little antsy, starts doing some fancy packages out there. And uh, giving me four points, I want to take Carolina in this game. Marcus Davenport, who is my breakout player of the year candidate, pretty much injured in this game. I believe he's expected to miss this week. So no Onyemata back there. They're just missing a lot of places, a lot of people kind of expecting Jameis to have to repeat a very high level of performance. It's kind of a recipe for one of those uh, trap games, I feel like. No, I, I kind of get what you're saying. You know, Lattimore injury, that's very big. I mean, props to that guy getting $100 million and then, you know, or not really props to him. That was poor wording on my behalf, but it is kind of crazy how he got that extension and then proceeded to um, get injured. Hopefully he comes back soon. He's one of the better cornerbacks. Uh, I get what you're saying, though. Like I said, divisional game. Uh, I just... I, I just don't trust Carolina. I think there's still a lot of holes on that team, very young team. And for a team as, you know, experienced and with a coach like Sean Payton that knows how to expose weaknesses um, in the secondary, especially in the passing game, I, uh, yeah, I disagree with you a lot, man. You sound pretty dumb. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shots taken. Shots taken. <laughs> Low over under for a Sean Payton uh, matchup 44 points. On the over-under. I'll let you start it off again, Zach. You're going over-under on this. Another low line. Yeah, I'm going to go over on this. Um, and, you know, like, I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard because, I've you know, both teams uh, pride themselves on the passing game. You know, Sean Payton and Joe Brady both, you know, rely on the game through the air. And, you know, you discussed that Saints uh, defense missing some players like Onyemata and Lattimore and stuff. Especially Lattimore in the secondary, like Sam Darnold could probably Davenport also, yep. And uh yeah, I mean like Brady might trust Darnold more to like air it out against that secondary, like you said. Uh definitely think it'll be a one of the higher scoring games of the week. I'm I'm pretty solid on the over here. I get where you're coming from. Again, I'm I'm going under on this one. I, I don't love it. I don't love it. It's going to be nerve-wracking again for me, especially so low. I just – it's tough for me to envision a game in which the Saints win and they're not just pounding it out on the ground. I don't think this is a good situation for Jameis to be airing it out right now, especially with the pass rush they have there and the secondary advantage that I think that Carolina has in this game. And I don't see – even with the players they're missing, I don't see a Sam Donald offense just – hanging up a ton of points on the Saints defense. So I, I just think it's going to be one of those lower scoring, maybe a bit turnover heavy games in this one. And I think that it might be a game that's ground out running and uh, kind of, you know, slows down the amount of possessions each team has. And you end up with something like a 21, 14 game at the end of the day. So I'm going under, we'll see how it goes on that one, but uh, it's definitely an intriguing matchup. I think, I think it's more intriguing than that matchup has been in quite a few years. That'll move us on to the next game we've got, which is the Cincinnati Bengals 1-0. and 1-0, undefeated Cincinnati Bengals with star wide receiver Jamar Chase. who's seeing the laces now. He's ready to go. And they're going up against the Bears, who kind of looked awful, honestly. They looked pretty bad, in my opinion, last week. That being said, they're still the favorites. Bears have a two-and-a-half-point line, so a field goal victory will get it for them. 
I'm going Bengals. I'm going Bengals in this one. Uh, I, I think this game is a bit of a toss-up right now. Uh, I think it was a tough one. I really wanted to choose the Bears here as uh, some sort of a Andy Dalton revenge game of some sorts, where he just gets to take out all the anger that he probably has on that fan base and on his own fan base in Chicago right now. Everyone's calling for him to be put on the bench. Same thing happened to him in uh, in Cincinnati a little bit there with Ryan Finley, which is kind of ridiculous in hindsight. I, I think that it's definitely a game that has the potential to swing the Bears away quite a bit. That being said, they just didn't look good, especially the offensive line did not look good to me in that game. And I, I thought that it looked like the Bengals had turned a bit of a corner on both sides of the ball. I, I was pretty impressed by them this week. And I mean, with all the weapons they have there, the Bears defense looked the worst I've seen it look in quite a big time. I love Roquan Smith. That's my guy, but he can't do it alone. And uh, I just, I feel like the uh, Bengals 2-0 and people start talking about, are they a playoff team sort of stuff starts to happen. And they start talking about putting Justin Fields in. How are you feeling? Oh, uh, you know, I'm going with the Bengals also. Another line I feel pretty good about. I agree with you, but I kind of think it could go the other way around. In terms of what you're saying, like not even it could swing because of an Andy Dalton revenge game. I think it could swing in the case that what if the Bengals are up like 17-3 or even like 17-0, like up by multiple scores at half. I mean, there's no way if that's the case at home, Chicago, Andy Dalton, I don't care if he's playing against his old team, is probably getting booed out of a booed out of the stadium so I mean the only way I could really see the Bears you know keeping it close unless Cincinnati lays a complete egg is you know this is Justin Fields comes in at halftime or at some point during the game and just completely balls out uh I like the Bengals I feel like the Bengals are a very very easy team to root for I feel like nobody dislikes Joe Burrow uh Jamar Chase it was it was actually it was really nice to see him uh, play well in his true NFL debut after struggling in the preseason. Uh, Joe Mixon's a talented running back. Uh, the offensive line for Cincinnati played pretty well, given, you know, going up against Daniil Hunter. Uh, I may be wrong. I don't think Daniil Hunter got a sack. He may have. I'm not sure. But uh, definitely was not a storyline that, oh, Joe Burrow was about to get killed this game. And it was a good come-from-behind victory for the uh, Bengals, and you know what? I think they could surprise some teams this year. I think they could be a real good spoiler team, and definitely agree with you. Going to take the Bengals here. Yeah, I'm with you. Tough division, and kind of leads nicely into the over-under. Another low one, 45 points is the over-under on this one. I'm I'm taking the over on this one, personally. I, I feel pretty good about this one. I, I think that you're going to have an aggressive Andy Dalton who's looking to prove to not only his fan base, but also a bit to the Bengals. Again, I think it's going to mean a lot to him emotionally coming into this game. I think he's going to be fired up trying to put the ball down the field a bit and maybe a secondary that he can do it against here. And I think that you're going to have an aggressive Bengals team who, to their credit, I mean, they had some aggressive plays last year. I think they, last week, they went on it fourth and fourth down quite a few times, especially in a big moment. They went on fourth down, and I, I think that it's going to be a bit higher of a scoring game than I expect, and I think neither defense really puts a ton of fear into me right now, which feels weird to say about the Bears. So I'm going over. I'm going over, and I feel good about it. 
Yeah, I'll keep it short. I agree with most of what you said. I feel like the line is really low for some reason. I think uh, the odds makers are just worried that, uh, you know, Andy Dalton will probably be in that whole game because then that offense is severely capped, even against a Bengals defense that it's not quite proven. Like, they got some players and whatnot. But, yeah, I feel like this line's too low. I'm a uh, pretty heavy over on this. Yeah, especially for a pass-heavy game. Next up, we've got your... AFC South leading Houston Texans. Yes, no sir. No Deshaun, no problem. <laughs> Apparently just blowing teams out. Uh, going up against the 0-1 lowly Cleveland Browns. They're coming off a tough loss where they, they kind of choked the game away. It is a 12-point line for the Browns, which is a little ridiculous. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, and it makes you nervous. And, uh, oh gosh, I'm looking at who you picked. Okay, let's see it. Zach, I'm going to let you start this off. Listen, man. I'm not doing this for a joke. Like, I genuinely feel this. I'm taking the Texans, but I do think the Browns are going to win. I will add that caveat. I will be stunned. Like, if the Texans beat the Browns, then I think we all going to be like, oh, all right, okay. But, uh, yeah, um, I just feel like, you know, I really don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. You know, uh, going against Kansas City last week, the Browns definitely had to rely through the air a lot. I'm not saying that they're a bad passing team, but Odell's not going to be there. You know, Jarvis. Is that official? Yeah, so Odell being out is uh, official. I believe Stefanski announced today. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's out today. Uh, out I missed on that. Sunday. That's interesting. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, Njoku looked good, Donovan Peoples-Jones, but, you know, I just look at this, and they have two top probably seven or eight running backs in the NFL, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I really do feel like they'll try and gash Houston on the ground. That's, uh, you know, Stefanski's calling card, you know, try and, you know, short West Coast passing off offense, and he's got the running back. So I think it'll be a close game. Uh, the defense on Cleveland, it looked pretty good. I mean, I get they played the Chiefs. The Chiefs can hang 35 on probably the 85 Bears. But, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it'll be – this feels like a game. I forget what game I said about this last week. It might have been the Ravens game. But I feel like this would be probably the game in terms of, like, length that it's probably the shortest. I feel like these teams, you know – Houston has a very deep running back uh, group also. I think it'll be a very ground-heavy game. Not super high-scoring, and I don't know. I feel the Browns, are, the Browns are a way better team than the Texans, but I will take Houston to cover the spread at least. Going Texans. Going Texans. I mean, I'm afraid to say anything right now, but uh, I'm going to let you do another victory lap if you get this one right, even with the 12-point line. I'm going with the Browns here. I, I thought they looked really good last week, and they choked the game away a little bit. And I do think it's going to be a ground-heavy game, like you mentioned. That being said, Baker Mayfield looked good. Donald Peoples-Jones looked good. I was really impressed with Anthony Swartz, who I've always been a bit higher on. He still doesn't look like a pure receiver, but – they looked like they had a real plan for how to utilize him. And if they have a plan for how to utilize a guy like that, it doesn't matter if he's an amazing pure receiver. You got to, you got to respect it. It's going to stretch the field out, which makes it just that much harder to defend this team. 
I just think it's going to be a bit of a blowout, and I think the Texans come back to earth. But we'll see here. We'll see. They gave it kind of a respectable over-under line here, 48 and a half. And uh, I'm taking the under on it. I, I think, like you mentioned, it's just going to be one of those games that gets, gets so ground-heavy. The Texans are most loaded up at in the running back position. Obviously, Cleveland, we know what they are. I think it's just going to be one of those games that Cleveland just kind of dominates the game, maybe 28-14 or something like that, maybe 28-13, whatever it is, and they're just grinding it out, slowing the game down. So I'm feeling pretty confident about the under here. This is probably one of the harder lines of the week for me. Um, really? I was flip, yeah, I was flip-flopping this thing because I do think it'll be close, but, you know, both teams sh- – definitely show that they're not afraid to air it out last week uh i don't i'm not 100 confident i'll go with you on the owner in this one just because i think it's close just because i'm taking the texans and i find it hard to believe that the final score of this game will be like 34 to 24 like i feel like it's more along the lines of like a 24 to like 14 or 17 game yeah, I'm with you on that. And I could get how you could go the over, but we're, we're in lockstep here on that. The Rams, who looked a bit like a juggernaut, I got to admit. I hate to say it, but they looked really good against the Bears and kind of noticed Matt Stafford looked a little skinnier to me in kind of like a good way, like a pliable sort of way. And I, I wonder if that might do something for his injuries, but that's just kind of a small side note there. They're going to the Colts, who, like I expected, did not look as good as they were billed last week. Three-and-a-half-point line for the Rams on the road. And uh, I think that's a pretty fair line. I, I think that's a pretty fair line. I uh, thought it was actually going to be a little bit higher in the Rams' favor. I'm going to go with Colts here. Uh, just because of the points, I do expect the Rams to win the game, but I think the Colts are going to be fighting for their life, and I think they're a well-coached team. Carson Wentz actually looked pretty good in the game. They get Quentin Nelson back, which is probably the most important important person to have back when you're going up against an Aaron Donald. I, I think that when you have a Jalen Ramsey taking away that receiver one, it makes a big difference. I don't really think that the Colts have a receiver run, so I don't think it'll affect them too much. Still look to me like where the Rams are kind of uh, in danger is on the ground game. And Jonathan Taylor is a hell of a running back. And I don't know if they've got the guys to really stop him in this one. I think it's going to be a close game this week. I do. And I think the Colts are going to be fighting for their life at home. It just makes him want to take the points here. So I'm going to go Colts. Listen, man, I get what I get what you're saying. Like Frank Reich's probably one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. I feel like he's one of the more underrated guys, super, super talented offensive mind. And yeah, Carson Wentz did look pretty, pretty capable last week. You know, it's, it'll be, it'll be hard for him to be as bad as he was this year as he was last year. But I don't know, man. I just look at the Rams and I'm like, this team looks like a legit like threat to Tampa Bay in the NFC. And I get they went against a depleted Bears defense, blah, 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 all that stuff. I don't know. On the road, I just feel like I'm of this mind that I feel like both of us would say that the Rams are a better team than the Colts. Would you agree? Just on paper. Yeah. 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 I feel like when it's a lot. I, I hate to be lazy in my explanation like this, but I just look at like a line, like four points, and like it will be hard for. I mean, the Rams will have to make a couple mistakes. The Colts are going to have to, you know, shock. They're going to have to give up. The Rams will have to give up a few big plays. I just think the Rams are the better team, and I understand they're on the road. I'm going on a little tear here of uh, 
teams on the road. I believe that's four in a row for myself, but just think oh they're a really boy, good, really think they're a good team. And I don't really trust the Colts secondary enough. I feel like Matt Stafford could have another uh, very big passing day, which would uh, be really nice for my personal fantasy purposes. <laughs> that's fair. I think Julian Blackman will be a, a huge, huge piece in yeah. this particular game. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I get where you're coming from. Got to go with my gut, though. The line is uh, 47 and a half. I, I, it's an easy over for me, personally. I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. And I, I don't think that this particular Rams team, especially against a team like the Colts, who have the linebacking core and DeForest Buckner up front, and Quiddy Pay, who stout against the run, I, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball too much. I think they're going to be passing quite a bit this week. I think that the Colts are going to be running to set up the pass. I, I kind of think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So, easy over for me. One of the easiest so far. Yeah, definitely another easy over for me. Uh, I don't see – or obviously I can see a scenario. But uh, I do think the Rams could easily get 30 points on the secondary. I mean, the Seahawks basically – what, they scored 28 last week? Um, 28. It could have been a lot more. They, yeah, they yeah it could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I'm saying, like the Rams offense obviously has the potential to score them more than 30. And, you know, that defense, uh, very solid, but, you know, propensity to give up some big plays at times. But, yeah, I mean, it's an easy over for me. Glad we see it. We see it the same, at least on that. A lot of disagreement so far for us uh, coming into this. going to be going to be fun. You got a chance to really make up some ground on me here. Uh, next game up, Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Losers of the Texans game by blowout force. Broncos on the road, six-point spread right now. I might be stupid. I mean, it's fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Or fool me once, shame on Oh, my God, I did the whole Bush thing right there. That's horrible. That's horrible. But <laughs> that being said, I'm, I'm sticking with the Jaguars here. I just think... Obviously, Ronald Darby going out is going to be the whole catalyst for this this line. I just think that at home versus on the road, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, whatever's going on, it's going to go one of two ways for them. And when you're giving me six points, I'm just going to bet that it goes the right way for them. And with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, I just, unless you're a team like the Giants, they're not going to blow you out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh-huh. I'm kidding. I had to take that shot, but no Jerry Judy. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to give up that many points against a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm going with the Jaguars. I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, you brought up the uh, Ronald Darby injury in the Broncos secondary. And you know, you're right. No that difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like they have Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. And Michael Ojemudia. Like, it's an and insanely deep. the best slot in the league, too. It's, it's just insane. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, even myself, like, I thought, like, when I picked the Texans last week against the Jaguars, I was not expecting that. I want to make that clear. I didn't think they were going to hang nearly 40 points on Jacksonville. Uh, and we saw, listen, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence at all yet. It would be silly to write the guy off after one game. I still think he's going to be, at worst, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Probably the best quarterback I've ever scouted. But if he struggled against that Texans defense, 
I am like frightened to think what this Broncos secondary has, especially with one of the best defensive minds with Vic Fangio. I don't know, man. I feel like after the Jaguars had a respectable offensive performance last week, I don't know, man. I, I, I think they this this could get ugly. And when I say ugly, I mean like I don't trust Denver's offense that much, but I could totally see like a potential like single digit game being held, like a seventeen to like six, like a twenty to I don't know, seven. It's like the same thing. <laughs> But yeah, I could see I could see the Jaguars really struggling here, and you know, uh, they'll they'll be in some deep doo doo. Yeah, I can see it. I can see how it can definitely get out of control. That being said, I do think an Urban Meyer offense it kind of leans in like Vic Fangio forces you to take away the deep stuff, and Urban Meyer doesn't want to do the deep stuff. He just kind of wants to be running those uh, shallow slants and kind of leaks out of the backfield, run heavy. I, I think that especially with how Trevor Lawrence played last week where he's kind of learning the throws he can't make in the NFL right now. I think it's going to be a more conservative tried and true urban Meyer offense. I think that matches up fairly well against a Fangio defense, at least for keeping it close 45 point line, pretty low. I'm going over. I'm going over. I don't love it. I just think it's going to be one of those games where I don't think the Jaguars defense is stopping too many people. And I do think the Urban Meyer offense is going to set up fairly well against this particular defense. And I, I think that it's going to get into some garbage time points where Trevor Lawrence, they're going to let him try to figure out what he can and can't do in this game. So I'm going over. Don't feel awesome about it, but I'm doing it. Take the under in this one. Um, kind of delved into it before. Not going to, uh, you know, dive back into it. I just – Trevor could have a rough – Trevor could have a rough game. I, I think he'll have a rough game. You know, the sirens, the alarms will start going off. I, I will not be worried about him. Very tough test for his second game as a professional quarterback. He'll be fine, but I, I, I do think it could get ugly in, uh, in Jacksonville's favor. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Uh, next up, to me, one of the most intriguing games of the week is uh, the Buffalo Bills 0-1 coming off a pretty tough loss here, visiting the Miami Dolphins, who I am a huge fan of their uh, defensive play call. I, I really am. Kind of a fluky victory for them last week. Bills on the road are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. That's an interesting matchup for me. I think Josh Allen, I think most people expect him to regress a little bit down to earth. But I think that he underperformed people were still expecting for him last week against a really good defense. And as a reward, he gets to go up and face another amazing defense that is just really good at taking away the ball. I think it's one of the best turnover-creating defenses I've seen in a while. For me, if you're giving me three and a half points at home for Josh against Josh Allen's Bills, who I think are a better team on paper. I think there's still a little bit of issues with cohesion in that team right now coming off of last year. I'm, I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Dolphins if you're giving me the points. I think it's a coin flip game, so take the points on that one. How are you feeling? Yeah, my road uh, my road streak's going to continue. I'm going to go with the Bills. Um, listen, I was one of the biggest Josh Allen haters in the world when he was coming out of the draft. I did not think a season 
that he had last year was like ever in the cards. If you would have told me that before um, the 2018 draft, I probably would have quit scouting altogether. But um, no, nah, but yeah, I mean, like you said, back to back, insanely tough defenses for Josh Allen and that offense to go up against. Uh, but I, I just think he's too talented. I do think um, it being a divisional game, uh, the Bills, who I think are the second best team in the AFC, you know, going down 0-2. I don't think they're a cocky team. That's the thing. You know, I think they'll definitely play more. These are two teams, in my opinion, that play very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very composed. You know, they don't really make a lot of mistakes, despite being pretty young teams. Uh, but, yeah, I just I just like the Bills in this spot. I don't feel great about it. Like, I could totally see Miami winning. And I, I'm just putting my faith in Josh Allen. You know, he's won me over. He was my MVP pick. Uh, just going to go with the Bills here. Yeah, I can't knock it. And like I said, I think it's a coin flip game. Anytime it's a coin flip game, anything within a touchdown is reasonable. I just, I like Miami at home is what it is. Uh, that being said, the line for this game is uh, tied for the highest we've talked about so far, 48 and a half points. I'm taking the under on this one. I I feel pretty strongly about the under on this one just because – I don't think that the Bills are necessarily in that same stride that they were at last year. I think that it's going to take a bit more work for them to get there. And I don't think that this is the perfect defense them to be doing it against, which they're just putting a ton of pressure on you and they are showing something, doing something else. And that makes it really tough to get in that rhythm. And I think these are the teams that Josh Allen, when he struggles, tends to struggle against. If you're kind of going to be putting yourself out in a base like the Seahawks did against him last year, he's going to tear you apart. But if you're making him really think, that's when you start to see the lack of accuracy start to show up on occasion. That being said, I think they're going to be fine. I like the Bills' defense a lot this year. I actually think their defense looks good uh, when, I, when I'm seeing them out there. So I actually agree they might be the second-best uh, team in the AFC. But I also think that the Miami offense is functional but not fantastic. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that's going to be a close, lower-scoring game. And uh, I'm taking the under, and I, I feel very strongly about this one. No, I'm with you on that. Definitely think it's a uh, solid under. Probably don't feel as strongly about it as you do. Uh, it's mainly because of the offensive potential, you know, that the Bills passing attack has. Plus, you know, Miami has guys like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, all that stuff. But, yeah, I definitely agree with most of the points you have. I do think it'll be a game pretty close low 20s, low mid 20s and uh yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting a shootout here. In lockstep. In lockstep on that. I don't know if have we agreed all the way through on anything yet. I don't know if we have. It's kind of um, impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. No, we have not. Oh, it's just the uh, the Bengals Bears we've agreed on and that is literally it so yeah. far, which is kind of funny. But uh so next up, we've got the Patriots visiting the New York Jets has just a five and a half point line, actually a little bit lower than I kind of anticipated it being. That being said, I'm taking the Pats on this one. I thought Matt Jones looked really good last week. I, I did. I, I think that he's able to execute a New England offense the way they want someone to be doing it. And what they did last year, last year was fun with Cam, but it wasn't their sweet spot for who they are as coaches. I think this is. I think they put in more playmakers around him. And I think the Jets, 
have just had a ton of attrition via injury so far from an already rebuilding standpoint. If Mekhi Becton's not there, it's just going to be tough. And Bill Belichick is so good at taking away the best thing that you have, which to me is Corey Davis. I just don't see an easy recipe for this being a good game, especially for an 0-1 Patriots team that's going to be hungry and maybe a little bit desperate. I got to go Patriots here, even with the points. Yeah, I mean, this should be a pretty quick quick line uh, to go over. Taking the Patriots, I think the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. Not even saying that with any anti-Jets bias as a Giants fan, but uh, they they look horrific last week against the Panthers team that they could have very easily beaten. Uh, really like Robert Sal as a coach. He's in a rough this year. Zach Wilson did look good in the second half, but it's going to be a lot more uh, ugly than good this year, I would have to say. So I am heavy on that Pats minus five and a half. Yeah, I'm with you there. Over under on this one, again, super low. A lot of, a lot lower this week, at least for the first couple games here. But 42 and a half points. Since it's a low, I'm actually going to take the over on this one. I kind of like the Jets' offense. I think there's going to be some garbage time in this game. I, I think that they're going to let Zach Wilson throw it around a good amount because they don't have the running backs to go against this Patriots team. They just don't. It's not in their DNA uh, right now, I don't feel like. And I do think that the Patriots are going to be able to put up quite a few points on this team. And I think that they're going to want to do it. I think Bill Belichick's probably a little bit furious at the running game right now after choking the game away with that fumble. That's kind of been his thing. So I think it's going to be the Mac Tech this week. I'm going to go over on this one. Yeah, I'm a pretty heavy under on this one. Going to disagree here. Um, I just think the Patriots defense is going to completely stifle Zach Wilson. Like, I really do. I, I don't I don't think it'll be a pretty week at all for Zach Wilson. You know, the running game, it's pretty weak. Uh, you know, I agree with what you said about Bill Belichick taking away their best options. So, I mean, it would have to take a couple broken plays, in my opinion, for it to become a high-scoring game, and I definitely agree with you again, Alex, that the Patriots are going to be playing uh, even against a opponent that, you know, they probably understand that they're a better team than they're going to, you know, put their pedal to the metal. There's no way they're going to risk going on to. So I think it'll be a very impressive defensive New England, or very impressive New England performance defensively, and I will take the under pretty healthily here. Pretty healthy. It's strong for a 42 and a half point line, but I respect it. And I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Jets were over under 33 last week. So I can see it. Uh, this is kind of an intriguing matchup all of a sudden for one that did not look intriguing at all uh, coming into the year. 49ers at the Eagles. Uh, I've been taking the start on a lot of these, so I'm going to let you uh, start us off here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 49ers in this game. Uh, you know, one of the biggest myths in my opinion, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, is uh, Jalen Hurts' performance. Like, yeah, he didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, they beat up on the Falcons. Falcons are on a really good team. Um, I might get some of these stats off by, like, one digit, but I'm pretty sure in terms of average depth of target and air yards per completed pass, like the average of that, Jalen Hurts was last in the NFL. And out of his 27 completions... 14 of them were either at or behind the line of scrimmage. So people are touting him as like, oh, he could take that step into stardom. He's still dumping off passes. He's still relying on his receivers, you know, guys like 
Quez Watkins, uh, Jalen Rager, you know, these short dump-off passes and relying on these speedy guys to make plays. Uh, Miles Sanders, good running back. I don't know, man. That secondary is still, in my opinion, they had a great game against the Falcons. And I just feel like the 49ers have too many run-after-the-catch weapons that the secondary will be able to keep up with. I feel like, you know, the Eagles outplayed the Falcons. Last week was a bit of a uh, aberration for them. I still don't think they're very good. I will uh, strongly take the 49ers here on the road again. Love the road. I'm, I'm with you on the 49ers. I, I kind of thought about it. I, I thought the points might be a little bit higher, honestly, for the 49ers, but the Eagles just looked so good last week. I'm not bought in on Hurts yet, but he did look good last week against an atrocious defense. So tough to know what to make of that, especially with Sirianni, who I do think is a really good, really good offensive mind, genuinely. Uh, it's just tough. The 49ers, I believe their last three back-to-back outside of their own time zone road trips, they've won all games. Part of the reason for that is they do not go home. They actually just pick somewhere to stay. I forget where they are this year, but I know it's been like Youngtown State or somewhere like that, where they just pick somewhere to stay and just call it a team-building week. And they have always exceeded the lines ever, I think, the last three consecutive games on those. And uh, I don't think this is the spot where that changes. I do think their defense has some questions for me. Brandon Ayuk apparently isn't an NFL receiver now after I think anyone that watched him last year would have assumed that uh, he was in line for a true breakout into true stardom this year. He was, what, third or fourth on the depth chart, and they literally called him out, even though he didn't play any snaps. That was weird. Don't know what's going on there. Interesting what he, happened. He played. He played. They just used him as a decoy. Yeah, well, he I, was just I don't a know decoy. if you saw the interview after. I think yeah. it was, uh, I believe, Shanahan who said he's not an NFL receiver yet, is what he said. He's learning how to be a pro. And so something's going on there. I don't know what it is, yeah. but that was pretty weird. And the Eagles suddenly look like they do have a decent receiver. Or... Yeah, I just can't do it. 49 has got to take it. Uh, this is a high over-under game for this week. 50 points. I'm slamming the over on this one. I'm slamming the over on it. I, I almost made it my lock. I didn't end up doing it, but I almost made it my lock. I think both these offenses are going to eat. I think both these defenses are going to be in real binds all week. So uh, I think the 49ers win it pretty strongly, but in a high-scoring game. Uh, first game that we agree on everything. I'm going to take the over in this game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I wouldn't say air it out after I just gave those stats about Jalen Hurts. But, you know, I do think these teams both have the weapons. Uh, as I mentioned prior, run after the catch guys, especially San Francisco, where they'll be able to put points on the board. You know, San Francisco losing Jason Verrett. That's awful. I, I don't think I felt so bad for a football player in a while. Just give it. He's so freaking good, man, and he just keeps getting. Cannot hurt. stay healthy. Just and cannot it stay healthy. Affects the defense drastically when he's out it, too. It does. It does. But yeah, I'm gonna take the over in this game, and yeah, we uh, see eye to eye finally. We see eye to eye. Uh, last Monday night football, Raiders versus the Ravens, might have been the most fun finish to a game I've ever seen. I mean. You didn't know what was going to happen at all. Nobody could have called what was going to happen there. Every single play just went the most entertaining way possible. And uh, the Raiders are going to face the Steelers with a very strong defense. The Steelers have a five-point line at home. 
I'm going to take them, but I never feel confident in anything I say about the Raiders just because you just do not know what they're going to do week to week. They can really come out and beat any team any day, and they come out and they can lose to any team any day. There's not going to be any rhyme or reason to it. If the team has a very strong offensive line, suddenly they're going to get six sacks. Like we saw here with one of the best left tackles in all of football just getting destroyed. Or they're going to face one of the worst offensive lines and not generate a single pressure. There's just no way to tell what's going on. That being said, coming off a huge emotional victory on Monday night, shorter week for them against a team like the Steelers that are going to be just the exact opposite, where you know what you're getting week to week. Mike Tomlin might legitimately be the best coach in football right now, at least in terms of coaching his guys. I got to go with the Steelers here, and I, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I'm going to do a little self-scouting here because I'll say picking this game outright, I do think the Steelers are going to win this game. Now, originally, I had put down – I was going to take the Ravens plus – or I'm sorry, the Raiders plus five in this game. But this is how I screw myself. This is how I wind up 12-19-1. It's because I pick the underdog of teams that I think are going to lose, but keep it close, and it always bites me in the ass. I'm not doing it here. Probably already done it a few times already. But I'm just going to make a point of it now. Switching my pick from the Raiders to the Steelers. Listen, I I agree with you. You brought up a ton of good points, Alex. Uh, you know, it's a shorter week for them. Emotional victory. I, they have the linebackers, and they have guys in the slot. Like, Cam Sutton looked excellent. And, you know, Devin Bush, they have guys that could cover Darren Waller. And I just feel like it's a very composed team. Uh, the one thing I would worry about is we saw how well Max Crosby looked against Ali Villanueva and even Ronnie Stanley coming off injury. So, he dominated him. He yeah, dominated like he, him. I think he... I mean, we all, you know how, the listeners know how we feel about PFF, but I mean, I'll give PFF props because I'm pretty sure they made Matt or they graded Max Crosby either one or two out of all edge rushers, and he definitely deserved that grade. So, uh, I mean, he could eat alive Chukwuma or for or I think Dan Moore is the other tackle at this point. I'm not 100% sure. It could be Joe. I Hay, believe it's but, Moore. I believe it's Dan Moore, it, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, Max Crosby can make life a living hell for those guys, but. I, li- I do like the Steelers in this game to win outright, and I'll take the five points. Yeah, and I'm with it. I'm going to make a bold statement here. I think that the Raiders, at the end of the year, will have a winning record against teams with winning records and a losing record against teams with losing records. That is my bold prediction, and they go either 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. But uh, Steelers got to take them there. Uh, 47 points is the over-under. I'm going under on it. I just think the Steelers' defense is too good. I think that we're kind of due for a clunker on the uh, on the Raiders, and I think that that offensive line didn't look great. And I think that it's up for so much harder of a challenge this week against that set, against that front seven that Pittsburgh has. And I also think I believe Ben Rossberger says the defense is going to have to carry this team. When the quarterback of your team is saying that, I'm, I'm slapping the under on games that I expect them to win. Nah, I'm with you there, man. I'm with you. All right, perfect. That's what I like to hear. We can move on kind of quick then, kind of speed through these last couple ones here. Minnesota Vikings at the Cardinals, who looked like an absolute juggernaut as every single every single West Coast team, really. I think the whole West Coast went 8-0 this, this week. It was a pretty ridiculous start for both Wests. But uh, 
Cardinals, uh, only four and a half point favorites at home. So not too much overreaction from Vegas on this one. Let's start off. Let's start it off here. I mean, the same thing happened last year, Alex. If you forget, the Cardinals beat the 49ers week one last year, and I believe they got off to a good start. Where were they like? Were they like six and two to start off the year? Were they that good to start off the year last year? I know, I know they, I know they, yeah. they beat us week six. I know that. We yeah, were five no, and they got guys. off. I mean, they look like a playoff lock basically halfway through the year. They wound up eight and eight. Uh, so I understand Vegas's lack of trust, you know, with them. I just, it, I, I think they look different this year. I feel like, you know, Cliff knows he's coaching for his job. Kyler looks like he could have possibly taken a step, which is absurdly scary. And uh, Minnesota, I mean, very disappointing performance. You know, that the cornerback room, Patrick Peterson, did not look good at all last week. And, you know, the singing about DeAndre Hopkins being matched up with him, I mean, that could be an absolute bloodbath. Uh, and also, let me just point this out quickly. Mike Zimmer, first coach fired odds, plus 450. And I believe after this game, Minnesota has... They play your Seahawks. Is it week three or week four? I actually don't remember off the top of my head. To be honest. I believe they play. I believe they play. I'm going to look it up. I think it's the Cowboys and then the uh, Seahawks. I'll look it up while you talk in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. The Vikings are a team look good on paper, but just something about them. Uh, the defense, very inconsistent. I didn't feel like they played up to their potential. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Uh Minus four and a half right here. Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree with you. Big shock. I'm actually going to be the team, ta- uh, the guy taking the road team this week. Four and a half points. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think that as good as that Cardinals secondary looked, I think that the Vikings are going to be able to do things a little bit different. I think that they're not as well suited to be facing an outside zone running team. I think that. For everything they don't have, the Vikings have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and I do not think the Cardinals have the cornerbacks to be matching up against them. I I think that defensively, Cliff Kingsbury, while he does some things very well, he's not moving pieces around. He's not really trying to disguise what he's doing, and I think Mike Zimmer is the exact kind of coach, and this is the exact kind of defense that can capitalize on a team that's going to do something like that and really use that against them. So if you're giving me four and a half points, especially for a team like Mike Zimmer, who you know he sees himself up there getting listed as one of the most likely to be fired, he's going to be fired up. He's a damn good coach generally, I think. I, I think he's been kind of saddled with a rough situation a little bit. I, I think this is going to be a bounce-back week for them, especially on a Cardinals team that's running off a really big high. That being said, that Cardinals defensive front is a bit of a wrecking ball right now, and I don't know if I trust the Vikings line to fix it. So, that's my concern going into it, but I am going to take the Vikings in it. Over-under for this game, 51 points. That is higher than I was expecting for two teams that I think have decent defenses and offenses that are above average but not crazy explosive. I'm still going over in it. I just I don't think that either defense is going to really be able to stop the other offense too much. I think Kyler Murray, the whole key is to get him to try to throw it over his offensive line. I don't know if the Vikings have the personnel to do that, and I don't think that the Cardinals have the secondary to be able to stop the Kirk Cousins attack coming his way. So going over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I uh, agree with most of what you said. Two teams that, you know, like I brought up, uh, Cardinals definitely have a more high-powered 
you know, offensive attack, in my opinion. Even the running backs look good. I mean, props to Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner. You know, James Conner will inevitably get hurt, most likely. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game at the very least. Uh, 51, definitely going to take the over there. And before we move on, they are playing your Seahawks on in week three at home. And then they have the Browns. This is the Vikings, by the way. Uh, week yeah. four, so they're home That's for both those stretch. games. Yeah, they're home for us against the Seahawks and the Browns. But I mean, there's a legit chance they could go zero and four. And if they do go zero and four, then I mean, Mike Zimmer is basically sitting on a hot plate because you can see some parallels between him and Bob last year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Falcons going to the Buccaneers. <laughs> Not a matchup you uh, you love to see if you're the Falcons trying to bounce back from a rough loss. Bucks by 12 is the line. I don't think we need to spend a tremendous amount of time on at least who we think is going to take this. Bucks, Bucks. Yeah, even with 12, I just think this game's going to be a bloodbath. I really do, and I think that the nature of this Tampa Bay offense is going to be the type where they hang it, hang points on them early. So even the 12 point line, I feel confident with it. Over under, maybe we need to talk about. Uh, it's a 52-point over-under. I'm going over. I, I think that the Buccaneers are going to score a tremendous amount of points. They're not really built to grind it out as well, and that's not the mentality of their coach. And I think for everything as bad as the Falcons looked last week, they still do have a ton of playmakers. And I, I'm a fan of Arthur Smith as a coach. I think they'll be able to get enough points, even if it's something like 40-13. to 13. I think they'll be able to get a bit of garbage time going. So I'm going over. I see that you are not. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I big brain the crap out of this line. Um, I don't know. I thought I'm taking the under here. Uh, feel very strongly about that, and the reason for that is that I do think the Buccaneers are gonna destroy the Falcons. Um, I just I can see a scenario where it's like twenty-eight to three. No, no Falcons jokes. Uh, sorry, Falcons fans. Didn't mean to say that, but uh, twenty-eight to three or like. 28 to six and a half. And then, you know, they want to instill Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich want to instill some confidence in Ronald Jones as running backs. So, you know, they understand that, you know, they could keep throwing. I guess it's a divisional game. Maybe I probably did big brain this. I just, I feel really confident. And, you know, Falcons are going to hang up six points every week. Uh, they got too much offensive firepower to do that. But I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Tampa Bay coming off an emotional game, a close game, you know, think they'll get out to an early lead and then maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. And I think it'll be close. I could definitely see this game being like a 31 to like 14, 34 to 17 game, which would be right on there. But I, I definitely feel very strongly about the under. It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see. I get where you're coming from, even if I don't necessarily agree this is a fun matchup, and I got to speak through these last couple ones here as I'm on a bit of a timeline, but got the Dallas Cowboys come off a, a tough loss where they look good against the Buccaneers that we're talking up right now at the Los Angeles Chargers, who are most people's buzz team right now. Chargers uh, with the home field advantage, just a three-point line here. I'm taking the Chargers. Not going to overthink this one too much, but I just don't think that defense is capable of stopping Herbert. I don't think that they have the pass rushers to really threaten a somewhat revamped off uh, Chargers line. 
I think the best coach on the field without a doubt by like maybe the biggest margin for me, because I think McCarthy is one of the worst coaches in the NFL right now. I think Brandon Staley might be one of the best coaches in the NFL, at least the smartest coaches. I'm just going to take the Chargers because I don't think Kellen Moore runs as much as I do like him and wish he was the Huskies offensive coordinator, which he almost was. I don't think that he's going to be doing things diverse enough to really mess with what Staley wants to do. The Chargers are healthy right now. We'll see how long that lasts, but they are healthy. And I just, I think that they're going to be able to stop them. I think it's going to be about a touchdown spread. I see you're taking Cowboys. Let's hear why. Um, yeah, I mean, for a guy who likes the Chargers as much as he says he does, I am not taking them for the second straight week. I mean, and that's not even like me hedging on it. I mean, I just feel like the Cowboys, you know, I worry about the cornerbacks in uh, Los Angeles. You know, they got Michael Davis and I believe, what is it? It's still Chris Harris there? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Murray Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, like, those are two mismatches. Um, you know, I do think Z could have a bounce back game. I do worry about the Chargers interior. It'll be a close game. I, I, I like the Cowboys to pull this one out on the road. I have a tough time seeing them start off the year 0-2. So I'm going to take the Cowboys here, and we have the over-under, which is 55.5, super high. I'm going to take the over on this. I think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. You know, Dak was on pace for like probably like 7,000 passing yards last year, and he could probably look that way through the first few weeks as well. Uh, I have a feeling both these guys are going to th- throw for like at least over 300 yards. So I think it'll be a high scoring game, both teams in the thirties, maybe even like one team, it's like a 40 to like 34 win, but I'll take the over here. What do you think, Alex? I'm, I'm going to take the under. I don't feel great about it. It's just one of those things where it's so many points. And I do think that Sealy is going to be able to slow down this Cowboys attack a little bit more than most teams. And I think that, Justin Herbert, for right now, isn't going to be the guy that just 60 minutes of dominance. So, go quickly. I, I think that I'm just going to take the under on it and, uh, you know, bet against the really high point total. Titans at my Seattle Seahawks. The line right now, Seahawks by five at home. Generally big advantage. It's a tough one for me. I uh, I think that the Titans are better than they looked last week. I, I do. And I think that particularly our secondary, I don't know if they're the best set up to uh, stop two guys like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. That being said, Seahawks looked awesome. Titans didn't. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be the force he was last year, and I think that even if he is, the Seahawks are one of the best suited teams to stop him. Their offensive line did not look great last week. Their defense did not look great last week. I got to go Seahawks here. That is, uh, for all the listeners out there, that is uh, Alex's, you know, fraudulent attempt to not be a massive homer when he knows that his team is so much better than the Titans. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks here. You know, they look they looked really good last week. He's giving me daggers right now. Um, nah, the Seahawks looked really good last week. Um, I think DK Metcalf is going to smoke whatever cornerback they throw at them. And I, you know what? I don't hate the Titans secondary. I think it's a very good unit. Uh, it could not, be good. I, they could be good. Yeah, I like some of the young talent. Kevin Byard, you know, Caleb Farley didn't play that much, but Christian Fulton, Monty Hooker, all those cats in that secondary. He but Molden, show some respect. I love him, I, Elijah Molden. I'm very sorry I forgot about him. Uh, it's a shame. <laughs> shame he can't come back to Washington and play like running back or something for you guys. But anyway, um, I will take uh, I will take the Seahawks here minus five. Yes, quarterback. 
And uh, another really high over-under, 54 points. Sticking with what I did last week for the Seahawks, I'm, I'm going to take the under. I just think that it's going to be a game where both coaches are going to want to run the ball a lot, and I think that's conducive to not a tremendous amount of points. I think that you'll see some explosive plays, but I'm expecting it to be something along the lines of 28 to 21, 27 to 20, something in that in that range where I'm going to be sweating out the over-under, but taking under. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe, maybe it's like that podcast, you know, co-host telekinesis thing. I feel like we're both not super confident on taking this under. But, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, t- Tennessee could have a big offensive game. Derrick Henry is too good to not, you know, average like three yards per rush again. And Ryan Tannehill is a top ten quarterback, in my opinion. But still, I'm going to take the under. You know, I think both defenses step back up. And, yeah, so our next game that we have is we got the Kansas City Chiefs. They are at the Baltimore Ravens, and the Chiefs are favored on the road by three and a half. You know, for the longest time before this year, Alex, I was like, you know what, I think the Ravens are going to pull this out. Kansas City going to start off one and one. I just don't see it. Um, I mean, they're going to obviously treat this like a playoff game. They're going to be going, you know, uh, tit for tat in this one and the Ravens just showed me last week that like against a team in the playoffs with a high or a team that they could face in the playoffs with a high powered passing attack Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey all those guys out there like it's just going to be too hard and I don't care if they're in Baltimore I mean it would it would have to take a poor Mahomes game for them to struggle a lot so I'm I'm, I'm very heavily leaning towards Kansas City and I'm not. I'm taking the Ravens here. I uh, I don't think the Chiefs' defense is good. I don't. I don't think they have a good defense. And I think that they would have had the had the Browns kept the foot on the gas pedal last week. I think that they would have given up even more points. And I think that the Browns would have won the game. It's just tough for me to see John Harbaugh's team going uh, 0-2. I, I just don't see it happening. And I, I think that especially the way they lost last week, they're going to be hungry. They're going to want it. They're going to come out trying to make a statement. And I just think that this is the year they get them. As long as they don't fall behind too much quickly, I think that they can do it. I don't think that the Chiefs have a great offensive line this year. I think that Harbaugh is going to be able to expose that a bit. And I, I think that Tyreek Hill is probably going to do something ridiculous this week. But I think if there's one team that can, in theory, take away Kelsey pretty well, it's going to be the Ravens. So, I'm going Ravens with it, and I think it's just going to be one of those games of whoever gets the ball last wins the game. So give me the points, give me the Ravens, and I'm going the over on the points, even at 54.5 points. I'm going over. I think it's going to be in the 30s for both teams. Super high-scoring game. I see you disagree there. I'm going to take the under here. Uh, You know, I don't know. I feel like – this is one of those games that I, you know what I'm changing it on the fly. I'm going over. I have no idea why I wrote on Power. You you are Power. hearing it live. You are hearing <laughs> it live. I'm going over. Chiefs offense too lethal. Lamar will have a decent uh, bounce back game. You know I think that offense will have some cohesion. I'm sorry. I am a coward, but I'm behind. You know got to do what it takes to win. But our last game of the week, Monday Night Football, we have NFC North showdown between. The Detroit Lions, they're going to Lambeau, taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers, despite getting embarrassed on national television, Fox, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, just straight 
humiliated against the Saints. Our 11-point favorites. Alex, what are you, who are you taking in this game? Oh, I'm taking the Packers. I'm not even doubting this one at all. There's no thought process going through my head here. I, I think that the Packers actually have a good defense. I think that they match up well against the Lions as well. I think that if you get a slightly healthier Zaria Smith, it's not going to matter. I, I think that they just wet noodled last week. The Saints wanted it more, and it is what it is. And I don't think that's going to fly. I do think LaFleur is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is coming off an MVP year. He's still good unless he's actually trying to be a double agent trying to sink the team this year. I, I think this is a statement win. And I think that even with an 11-point line, I feel confident because, especially against a division rival, I think they're going to want to make a statement. Hey, we're still that team. They did this a couple times last year. I'm not worried about it. Taking Packers. And uh, I'll talk more about that, actually, in a little bit here. The line is 48, but I forgot to get your take on this one. So let's talk about the Lions. It's completely fine. Uh, Yeah, taking the Lions here. uh, Just it's an NFC North showdown. You know, I mean, I don't feel great about this pick at all. Understand the Lions are on the road. Probably one of the bottom five worst teams in the NFL, and people could talk about, oh, they almost came back against the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers put in their second and third teamers. Don't get too high on yourself, Detroit fans. But uh, still, regardless, I, Aaron Rodgers would have to have an insane game. You know, it's going to take a lot of cohesion within that offense. You know, the secondary did not look good at all. And the Lions, you know what? For as poor as the receiving core they have, they got some burners in there. You know, Quintez Cephas look good. I'm a big Amon Ross St. Brown fan. Uh, Tyrell Williams had a few nice catches. Don't feel great about it. Going to take the Lions and, you know, cross my fingers. Over-under in this game is 48. I'm also going to take the under on this. Another pick I do not feel great about. Um, I just look at these teams, and I feel like two NFC North teams, two rivals, going to play each other hard. It'll be a tough-nosed game. Dan Campbell's going to, you know, have his guys playing as hard as they can. I think I could see, like, a 27 to, like, 20 victory for the Packers here. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Packers hanging about 40 points on the Lions. <laughs> I think the Lions are going to score some garbage time points again. I think Jared Goff, tremendous garbage time quarterback. So uh, I, I think we're just going to see uh, a lot of garbage time points for the Lions and the Packers probably up by like 30 points at halftime. That's honestly what I think is going to happen. So I'm going over and uh, get into our locks. I'm just going to go both of my locks really quickly here and then let you go. Natural segue for me. I'm locking the Packers. Even even with the 11-point spread, I'm locking the Packers up this week. That's my betting line. Uh, I'm also taking locking up the under for the uh, Dolphins-Bill game, under 40, 48 and a half. So uh, those are my two locks this week. Who are you taking? Um, I feel like you're going to hate both of my locks, but I'm going to lock up the Saints uh, minus four against the Panthers. I just feel like that team is too good to not uh, defeat a team like Carolina, who – one last week, but they played the Jets. So, I mean, and they almost let the Jets come back. So, I don't know. I just trust Sean Payton enough. I went into it in the earlier stages of this podcast. I think Jameis has another good week. And the MVP run begins. But my second lock will be a pick you probably hate more than that. I'm going to take the Buccaneers under. 52, or the Buccaneers-Falcons on their 52. I feel like divisional game, it'll be tough. Little bit lower scoring. I feel like this could be a game that could be like 10-3 to 3 Buccaneers going into the half. 
to be completely honest. But okay, uh, going into the yeah. half, going into the half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, but, I, I see it. I get where you're coming from, at least. Uh, got to wrap this up because I got to run off to a meeting really quickly here. But before we do, make sure to follow Juicy Deets Podcast on Twitter. Give us five-star reviews on anything. You give us a five-star review. Zach will take the East Coast. I'll take the West Coast. West, East, and Mississippi. Give us a five-star review. We will come, and we will put chocolate mints on your pillow like a three-star hotel for the rest of the week. Guarantee you that. Just got to drop that out of you. Especially, Zach. We will be like some sort of a, uh, I don't even know, idiot savant Santa Claus coming through with our uh, chocolate mints. If you sprinkle us a five-star reviews for us, but at least just give it a download, listen to it, show some love, ask some questions, whatever. Reach out anything you want to see. Zach, it is always a good time. You can find Zach at NFL underscore Deets on Twitter. I am Alex Jensen at Juicy underscore Jensen on Twitter. I love you, man. I'm excited for these games to start back up. Love you too, brother. Tons of fun today. It's always a good time with you. Love busting balls. Uh, appreciate all you guys listening. And you will hear from us next week. Mia, and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. No. Uh, uh, it's for the noise, please. Sex, sex, sex.